So we're going through the family values, we're going through the family church values, and um, today we're looking at the fact that we are spiritual, and we're going to look at, the, look at this value today. This is our seventh one that we're covering in this, in this series, but we're looking at, at, at the value that we are a spiritual people, and we're going to try and understand what does that mean? What does it mean that we are spiritual people? So we're going to look at John chapter 14. John chapter 14 is just before Jesus is about to go to the cross. And um, he starts speaking to the disciples and he tells them, he says, I'm going away. And he says, I'm going away in verse 16. And he says, Jesus says, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. I just want to underline this. If I could, if I had a little marker pen, he will give you another helper. And another helper means the same as me. Jesus was the first helper, and what Jesus is saying is that after he's ascended, he's going to send us another helper. And, um, and just as Jesus showed, oh, Johnny, that's amazing. Look at that. Did you see that? Oh, thank you, Johnny. Another helper. Thank you. He underlined it for those listening to this, by the way. That's why we were applauding. But Johnny automatically underlined another helper. It implies that there was a former one, and Jesus is sending us another one. So um, I just love that. Can you take a photo of that, please? But just as Jesus shows the nature of God the Father. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But just as Jesus shows the nature of God the Father, so the helper, the other helper, would show the nature of Jesus. Isn't that good? So, we are spiritual. We are spiritual. Which means, the, the strap line is, acknowledging the ministry of the Holy Spirit being filled, empowered, and led daily. And at Family Church, I'd say this is one of our most foundational scriptures. It's such an important value for us as a church because we are a Pentecostal church. We make no excuses for it. We don't try and explain it. That is, we, we, we follow uh, Pentecostal theology. So, but why do we say that we are spiritual because we are spiritual what qualifies us to be to proclaim that we are spiritual people well i'm glad you asked it's firstly because of who god is because of who god is john chapter 4 the bible says jesus says these words god is spirit and those who worship him must worship those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so God is spirit. And so we also qualify, what qualifies us to proclaim that we are spiritual is because of who man is in relation to God. We have been created in the image of God. In Genesis 1.26, it's not going to come up on the screen, but we know the scripture so well. God said, let us, let us make man in our image according to our likeness so but he's not talking there about physical likeness but created in his image as a spirit apostle paul says it like this in 1 thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23 he says 
He's talking to the church. He says, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the, the, the order that the Apostle Paul puts it in. Spirit is the most important part of the man, the woman, the, the person. Okay, Spirit, soul, and body. He starts at the most important part. But man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. So man is a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And we'll come to the spirit in a minute. Oops, but we'll start with soul. So what is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. I don't know if you think, if you realize this, but as, as humans, we can be very complex. Okay? I don't know, is it just me? But we're quite complex beings, aren't we? Aren't we? But emotions are good. In some ways, emotions are good. They can tell us how we're feeling about certain things. But we can't live life. Yeah, I think that, that will help. Thank you. Just There's a bit of a feedback on this. Thanks, Johnny. But we can't live life according to how we feel. We can't live life according to how we feel. So we need to manage our emotions. Okay. We need to manage our emotions or else they will manage us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we okay? <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Appreciate it. It was my fault because I didn't I forgot to do a sound check actually. So we're having a bit of a struggle this morning with the sound. But it'll come right, it's coming right. Thanks, Johnny. So soul, mind, will and emotions. Body, it's the outer part, it's our earth suit. Okay, that's the part of us that we walk around on earth with. Um, and I think today, so much emphasis, isn't it? It's just given about the outward, the outward working of man. It's just, there's no yeah. significance given to the inward person. It's, always, it's all just about how much you can pout, mm -hmm. apparently, and, um, you know, and what sort of positions you can pose in. Yeah. But it's, that's a little bit shallow. God, the, the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So what is the spirit? The spirit of man. The spirit of man is the part of us that when we give our hearts to Jesus Christ, it's the part of us that is born again. When we say we are born again, it's our spirit man which was separated from God. When we were born in the natural, we were born in Adam. But at the new birth, at salvation, we are no longer separated from God. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and our spirit man comes alive. And so it's the part of us that is alive. It's the part of us that communes with God. Like that scripture that, we, that I quoted from John 4, God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We worship God from our spirit man. So... At, at family church, it's very important, we do value, because these are our values. We acknowledge the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So who, who is the Holy Spirit? It's important that we get a proper understanding. I think most of us were here last week, and we jumped up and down, and we did a little song that my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. 
And in the one line in that song, they go, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. One plus one plus one equals one. How is that possible? Because it's God in three persons. God is three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but one God. So the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He's not a force and he's not an it. Okay? He's a person. So how do you know that he's a person? Did I just make that up? It sounds good. No, the Bible says we can tell. He's a person because the Holy Spirit has emotions. In uh, Ephesians 4.30, we won't go there, but we read that he can be grieved. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Grieved, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. In James chapter 4, it talks about how the Holy Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously. The Holy Spirit yearns jealously. God is a jealous God. And he's not, do, he's not being jealous because he's being mean. It's because of his great love for us. He knows what's best for us, and he doesn't want us to go astray. So we know he's a person because, of, because he has emotions. And also, before the use, by the use of pronouns, in John 14, in, in John's Gospel, John 14, and look at this. This is Jesus speaking. And he's saying, And I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper, this is the scripture we read earlier, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you and will be in you. Then he, I've got to put in this last bit, I will not leave you orphans, I will to you. But you can see from just from that scripture how many times the Holy Spirit is speaking there about the spirit of truth. That is the Holy Spirit. So we can see by, those, by the use of those pronouns. So we know the Holy Spirit is a person because he has emotions by the pronouns and then also by what he does. We'll read that exact same scripture but in the Amplified, just verse 16. And he says, Jesus saying, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. That word in the Greek is parakletos. I will give you another. Jesus was the original paraclete, and he's saying, I'm giving you another one, like in similitude to me. He's your counselor. He's your helper. He's your intercessor. He's your advocate, your strengthener, and standby. This is who the Holy Spirit is. You know, Half past three this morning, I was thinking about, I was lying in bed thinking, Lord, you are my helper. You are my intercessor. Holy Spirit, you're my strengthener. You're my standby. I love that standby thing because it's like if he doesn't fill in all the other criteria, standby, okay, he's just standing by. You know, he's ready to help. We've just got to say help. And he's he's there. That's what he does. He's our comforter. Look at the... He's our counsellor. Let's, let's go to God. Let's go to the Holy Spirit. You know, when we've got an issue, when we've got to be, make him your first port of call. Yeah. Holy Spirit, counsel me through this. He's our comforter. He's our comforter. So, by what he does, we can see from those words 
there in the Amplified, that is what he does. He counsels us, he helps us, he intercedes for us. He's our advocate. He pleads on our behalf before the Father. Other things are, he makes intercession for us in Romans chapter 8. We read about it. He leads us, he guides us. There's so many things that the Holy Spirit does for us. So, we are a spiritual people because of who God is and who we are in relation to him. But what's that look like? So we're going to look at this, look at the strapline. We acknowledge the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're starting off with being filled. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're being filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot survive on a trickle. You know what? I don't know if you, if you remember this. My little heart sponge from summer. Do you remember the sponge yeah. that we immersed in water? Mm-hmm. And there was a little label on the back of the, of the sponge. And it said, when the sponge gets dry, don't worry. All you've got to do, and this is dry. Look there. It's pretty dry. It's been sitting on my windowsill. I love my sponge. But all you've got to do is immerse it. All you've got to do is immerse that sponge and immerse it and immerse it and it will soon be filled, be filled, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled with the Holy, not a trickle, not a trickle, not not just enough to get by, but be filled with the Spirit. In fact, that word be filled, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, sorry, um, Johnny, do not be drunk with wine, okay? You came to church and you were told this. Don't drink that wine, okay, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. I found this online and I have to quote it. It's Yiddish, okay? It says, do not become a shikah with schnapps. That's what the Yiddish is. That's what it is in Yiddish. Do not become a shikah with schnapps. Stay away from the schnapps. Stay away from the wine. But he says, but be filled with the Spirit. So be filled means to be crammed full, filled to overflowing, so that when you squeezed, what comes out? But the Spirit of God. And so that be, be filled with the Spirit. It's a continuous present tense. In the original translation, it actually reads, but be being filled with the Spirit. So it's, it denotes a continuous present tense. It's not just a once-off. It's a continuous in uh, replenishment, the ongoing state of being filled. There's no limitation to the fullness of God. There's no limitation to the fullness of the Spirit. The, 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 the river of God, you know, when you start just doing a bit of a study on this, the river of God is teeming with life. John chapter 7, Jesus says these words. Jesus stood and cried out and said, If anyone thirsts, if you were thirsty like this little sponge today, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. The Amplified says, 
out of from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Springs of living water. This is who the Holy Spirit is. But, but he says, if any of you thirst, you, we've got a thirst for that flowing water. Thirst for that flowing water. Not a stagnant pool, but, uh, but, but we, can't rely, we can't rely on yesterday's manner, in other words. But this river that flows in our lives, fresh, 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 flowing rivers in our lives. We see this all throughout the Bible in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. This is just on the day of Pentecost. And it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then as an outworking, they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began, they, be, they spoke the word of God with boldness as a result of that being filled. There's an outworking as a result of that infilling. And I'll just try and explain briefly Paul's Damascus Road experience. I just love the Apostle Paul. And in, we, you can read about it in Acts chapter 9. That's homework, okay? Go and read Acts chapter 9 this week. Um, we read about Paul's Damascus Road experience. It starts off in verse 1, and it says that Paul, or Saul, as he was known before he got saved, Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the Christians. He was persecuting the Christians. And um, in chapter 8, he'd just been consenting to the death of Stephen. And then in verse chapter 9, he was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples. That's in verse 1. And in verse 5, boom. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, it's, it's me, Jesus. The one you're persecuting, you think you're persecuting the Christians, you're persecuting me. And Paul's words to him are, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he gets saved. He gets radically saved from a murderer to uh, the apostle, Paul. He gets saved in, in, within a verse. And as a result of that encounter with Jesus on that road to Damascus, the, the light blinded him. And God spoke to a guy called Ananias in a vision and said, go and lay hands on Saul and lay hands on him. And he's like, Ananias is like, but Lord, he's the guy that's persecuting us. He's killing us. He's having us killed. He says, just, just do it. It's okay. I've got it. So Ananias obeyed God. He went and lay hands on Saul. And the Bible says in verse 17 in Acts chapter 9, he regained his sight he laid hands on this guy who was a, had been a murderer. He laid hands on him. He regained his sight and was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like that. Immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. That's in verse 17. And in verse 20, he goes on. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue. Three verses. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of Receiving Jesus within three verses, he's preaching Christ. Yeah. He's preaching Christ. 
So there's always an outworking to the infilling. But the purpose, the value of the infilling, that infilling, being filled, is personal. The value is for me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. We sang it this morning, Christ in me. And the woman, whoever it was, was singing, she says, this is the mystery. This is the mystery. Christ in me. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Being filled with the Holy Spirit helps me to live life victoriously. When, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm awake at 3.30 in the morning and the Holy Spirit speaks into my heart and says, Sandy, it's okay. I've got it. It's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about this, that and the other. I've got it. He comforts me. He comforts me when I need it. He's the lifter of our heads. He's the one who counsels us. He's the shepherd who leads us and guards us. So the infilling of the Holy Spirit is beneficial for us. The infilling is for us and ultimately for others because there will be an outworking. But the importance of this value is it benefits you and me, you and I. So we are spiritual. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We acknowledge and we love the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Spirit and then we are empowered and led daily. Empowered and led daily. Lost my place. Okay. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. The words of Jesus speaking to the disciples. He says, you shall receive power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power. You know, and throughout the book of Acts, we see, we see the outworking of the power of the Holy Spirit. And what's the benefit of being witnesses, of, of being a witness to others? The benefit is for others by witnessing about, the, about the, the, the goodness of God, about Jesus Christ, is the, to the benefit of the recipient. And when you think about it, these, these are the disciples. The disciples are assembled in the upper room. They were gathered together. And on that day of Pentecost, they were gathered together, unified in this upper room, praying, seeking God, They'd had a promise, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And they start praying in this upper room. And I love it. It's just one of my favorite scriptures. It has to be. But there comes the sound of that rushing, mighty wind. The sound of a... You know, have you ever been in a room and you've heard the sound of God? Have you heard the sound of God? We've had a few prayer meetings here before lockdown where we heard the sound of God amongst us, the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and there, and there a flame of tongue on every head. Hallelujah, I can feel Ronald Bonke coming upon me. You know, come on, one flame for every head. Hallelujah, come on, Africa will be saved. So, but they were those guys in the upper room that day. They were the first ones to experience 
the empowering, the outpouring, the infilling, whatever you want to call it, of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is what we believe in family church. Uh, family church. We are a Pentecostal church. So, let's look at an example um, from the book of Acts, over and above what we've already covered, to see how the early disciples were filled and empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. If you don't mind, I'm just going to have a sip. Are you with me? Yes. Is it okay so far? Good. Good. In Acts chapter 13, this is part B of your homework, go and read Acts chapter 13. It's awesome. But in Acts chapter 13, at the beginning of Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas, this is the Apostle Paul who had his Damascus Road experience, and Barnabas, who we heard, we hear about him in Acts 11, that he's a great man of faith, he's a, he's a godly guy. Paul and Barnabas have been separated for the work of the ministry, and they were preaching in a place called Antioch. And Paul had been preaching the gospel in the synagogue to the Jews on the Sabbath. And so we pick it up, in, and he, he preaches this amazing message, actually. If you read it, he starts with Abraham, and he goes all the way through the gospel and everything. And he just, he, you know, if you aren't saved yet, go read Acts chapter 13. When, by the time you get to verse 40 or so, you will be saved. You, you know, you'll be one of those guys. Yes, I want to be saved. Acts 13.42, and it says, So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, listen to this. When the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. This is my dream. This is my dream that people are going to come and say, Chris, Sandy, whoever it is who's preaching, but please come back and preach again next week. Is that going to happen? Yes. Yes. Good. Faith without hints is dead. But the Jews went out of the synagogue and the Gentiles, the guys, they weren't in the synagogue, but they must have heard something going on. They heard Paul preaching and they begged that these same words will be preached to them. Man, there's a lost and dying world out there. Oh, people don't realize how lost they are until you show them the goodness of God. Just love what... David and Alice are doing on a Friday, just ministering to people, just sharing the love of Jesus. This is what they're doing. And maybe at times when you share the where you share your faith, walls come up. Hey, I don't know if I'm I the only one who's experienced walls coming up. No, but it happens. But don't grow weary. Don't grow weary. You know, keep sowing the seeds, keep sowing the seeds. One sows, another waters, God gives the increase. Margaret is another one out on a bus stop ministry, ministering to all the people at the bus stop. They all know Margaret already. Here comes Margaret. She's going to preach the gospel at the bus stop. Yes. Wonderful. So the Jews wanted to... They, they, the Jews wanted... Uh, the, the, the Gentiles wanted what the Jews had. So um, on verse 44... Sorry, Johnny. Acts 13, verse 44. On the next Sabbath... Okay, so now this is the one that they were saying, you've got to come back and preach... Almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Oh, come on, people. I want to see this building filled. We want to, that's our heart. Not just 
to be filled for filled's sake, but people that are zealous for the things of God, people that understand their need for God, that if God doesn't show up, we're done for. We're done for. But on the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. And when the Jews saw the multitudes, these are the unbelieving Jews, they were filled with envy. And contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Hey, you will attract a little bit of opposition. When you start preaching the gospel, you will attract a little bit of opposition. Contradicting, blaspheming, opposing everything that Paul was saying. But what happened in verse 46? Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it is necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you reject it, he's saying to the Jews, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, returning it to the Gentiles. We'll go where, where there's a need, where, where, where this message of, of Jesus wants to be heard and received. Yeah. And we will pick it up in verse 49. Verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. But the Jews, those unsaved Jews, stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city and raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. Can you imagine? Someone comes to us and says, you've been preaching the gospel, get out of Waterlooville. You've been preaching, get out of Portsmouth, get out of Gosport, get out of Haven't. You're not allowed to preach the gospel here. But that's what happened. They were, they, they were expelled from that region. But listen to this, verse 51. But they shook the dust from their feet against them and came to Arconium. They went from Antioch, they went to Arconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Yes, praise God we've been persecuted. Praise God they've been contradicting us. Yes, praise God. And they filled with joy. That's the value of the infilling, the indwelling Holy Spirit in the midst of it all. And when you carry on with this account, go to Acts chapter 14, the same thing happens to them. They go from Antioch, they go to Arconium, and the same thing happened. Paul was preaching to the Jews and the Gentiles, and a great, in fact it says that a great multitude were saved of Jews and Gentiles. But listen to this in verse chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. <coughs> you got it? No, don't worry. I'll just read it. It says, but the unbelieving Jews, here we go again, stirred up the Gentiles, poisoned their minds to the brethren. Wow, that's fast, Johnny. And therefore, they stayed there a long time. So, the, so the, the unbelieving Jews are poisoning the people's minds and, and lying about them. And so what was their result? They decided, we're going to stay. We're going to stay a long time speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In the midst of persecution, in the midst of of being people's minds being poisoned listen people 
Be careful who you listen to, okay? Be careful with gossip. Just ignore gossip, run away. When you hear gossip, run away. Don't let people plant seeds of poison into your mind. Because, look what, look what they did. They stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, and signs and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles. Nothing can stop the power of God. So the Holy Spirit fills us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And the Holy Spirit leads us. Perfect example of the Holy Spirit leading us. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. You know, not all leading of God is, is easy. It's not always going to be sunshine and roses. We believe we were led to the UK in 98 when we came out. And we, and we, had, we had prophecies, we had promises, we had words, we had you name it. We had peace, we had provision, we had all the P's of the ministry. You know what I'm saying? Peace, provision, prosperity, you know, everything was, was provided for. We thought, okay, we're coming into the UK. Whew. We arrived here, and my word, it was like, um, it was quite an experience. It was really not easy. And, but God was faithful. We were full of the Holy Spirit, and we just, Lord, help us get through one step at a time. And that's, that's why it's so important, the presence of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit. You know, when, 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 when you think about a peer, you know, in the UK, there are a lot of peers. You know, they go out to sea. A lot of them seem to burn down. I don't, I don't know why. It's because they have fish and chip shops on every pier. And then they ca catch a light and they all seem to burn down. That's the, size, that's the size of the point. But, you know, but when you go out onto a pier, they always have a handrail. There's always a handrail. Because when that pier is going out a little bit out to sea, away from the shoreline, the storms come in. And you've got to have a, hand, you've got to have a grab rail. You've got to have something to hold on to. And that's what, that's what, when we are led by the Holy Spirit, make sure you've got a word to hold on to. Make sure that's your handrail, that's your grab rail. The Holy Spirit will not lead you without giving you confirmation. The Bible says that by two or three witnesses, let every word be established. We don't just take something out of thin air. That sounds good to me. Two or three witnesses. <laughs> two or three witnesses, let every word be established then act on it. Okay, just a little bit of a heads up from our personal experience and from the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit leads us. The Bible says in Romans 8, for as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The word sons is huios, like Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Those guys, no, huios means the mature one. Huios is mature sons and daughters, those who are governed by the Spirit of God and obedient to the Father's will. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Apostle Paul, Barnabas, who we've read about today, were constantly led by the, by the Holy Spirit, traveled all over Asia, and even at one time was stopped by the Holy Spirit. Don't go there. Don't go there. You've got to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Andy, you know, last Sunday we celebrated, it was amazing. Um, I would encourage you to look on the website and look at the timeline. And um, 
you'll see the history of the last 25 years of, of family church. And something that Pastor Andy shared, because he's our senior pastor, we are, we are submitted to Pastor Andy Elms, as our Pastor Andy and Gina Elms, they are our senior pastors. And he was sharing how when he first went into ministry about 30 years ago, he was an evangelist. And you can see it. I mean, it's just written all over him. There's fruit from it. And, you know, for him, it was nothing to fill town halls. He, he traveled the world with being an evangelist. And um, people were just drawn. He just has this gifting. And people were drawn. People were saved. And it was wonderful. That's his gifting. He's an evangelist at heart. But 25 years ago, God told him to plant a church. <laughs> He's not a pastor. Yeah, just saying, he knows this. He can hear this message and he, he will admit it. He, he's a pastor in a certain way. He's an apostle, in fact. But, um, but, but God called him to pastor. And it's like, ah, really? Pastoring from being, from being an evangelist? And he thought, okay, that's all right. We'll hire the hall at um, Buckland Community Centre. So he hired Buckland Community Centre, expecting for this thing to be packed. <laughs> 12 people, something a bit like what happens here some Sundays. You take a look around, where's everybody? Where is everybody? And, but he persevered, and he went through it. But God led him, and there's been fruit from it. Over 25 years, there's fruit to the man's ministry. So the important thing is, it's, it's not enough to be gifted. It's gifting is one thing. But if you're not going to be led how to use it, then, you know, we need, to, we need to use the gifting where God leads us, where God shows us. It's the spirit who directly influences our inner life. So leading, the Holy Spirit leads us to fulfill God's plans and purposes for our lives. He's leading and guiding us. In Psalm 23, it says that he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So why do we value the leading of the Holy Spirit? Because it brings glory to the name of Jesus and his kingdom. The beneficiary to being led by the Spirit of God is the kingdom of God. So the infilling, being filled with the Holy Spirit, has great benefit for you and for me. The empowering of the Holy Spirit has great benefit to others. But the leading of the Holy Spirit has great benefit for the kingdom of God. So we are spiritual. We acknowledge the ministry. We experience, we enjoy the ministry of the Holy Spirit as we are continuously being, be being filled to the brim with rivers of living water, empowered by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit to benefit all those that we come into contact with and being led by the Holy Spirit to advance the kingdom of God. Amen.